Hello, and welcome to Potner Lounge. I'm your host, Steph Pham. On this episode, I speak with Jake Triplett. He, along with his friends Ty and Kyle, embarked on a memorable journey in hopes of getting on The Ellen Show. Did he make it? You'll have to listen to find out. Sit back, relax, and let's hear about Jake's unforgettable summer. Welcome, everybody, to Popner Lounge. Today, my guest is Jake Triplett. Welcome, Jake, to the show. Hey, thanks so much. I'm pretty excited to be here. This is awesome. A lot of people have a goal to get on The Ellen Show. How did you, Ty and Kyle, have this image or like this vision to go across the country in a limo? Like, How did that come about, and, and was the goal to get on Ellen always there at the forefront in the beginning? Yeah, so what I think a lot of people don't realize about the trip was that it was actually a long time coming. I sat down with Ty, who was one of my good friends, even before the trip, back in January, and said, hey, I want to do some sort of road trip video project. Like, those are two things I, I love doing anyway, and I want to do it with you. Like, let's brainstorm what that could look like. And he was immediately super down, super interested. And that same night that I pitched just this vague idea to him, uh, no joke, by the end of the night, we had a Google Doc I don't remember what exactly it was named, but like the Ellen factor and the limousine factor, like those were all nailed down within a few hours. And so the idea for this trip happened really fast. And I think we knew that we were on to something special, but we also had no idea when we would ever find the time in each of our schedules to do anything like this. So yeah, it came about very quickly and way back in January. And then it wasn't until July 5th um, that we actually bought the limo. Oh, wow. So how did you all know each other? How did you, Ty and Kyle, all know each other before the trip? I knew Ty, or I guess we knew each other from working at a uh, summer camp together. And we got to work closely alongside each other. And I knew how creative and how fun Ty was. And I knew that we could spend a lot of time together and not get sick of each other. Because that's we, we did it for three months at uh, summer camp. And then basically it was Ty and I's project for the longest time. And just trying to find when we could do this and trying to find other people to go with us. And uh, turns out not a lot of young adults are willing to just give up everything they have to ride in a limousine without air conditioning for a while. So it was hard to find people. But alas, Kyle made himself available and said he was super down to go on the trip. And we knew Kyle because him and Ty uh, grew up together. They went to middle school and high school together down in Oklahoma City. And so I didn't know Kyle too well before the trip. We had met a couple times, but by no means had we established, you know, the relational equity that you would probably like before you, you know, spend 80 days with them in a car. <laughs> but it worked out well. It looked like it did. So how was the reaction from your family and your friends when you told them that you were going on this trip? Yeah, that's a that's a good question that I'm surprised we don't get asked enough. But it was funny just, you know, as Ty and I would, would talk back and forth and communicate, you know, going into the trip, like Ty was finishing up his fourth year of college going into this summer. And so he was getting asked all the time, what's next? And so Ty was talking about this probably 10 times more than I was, just because, you know, that, that comes up naturally when you're a senior in college. You know, what's next? What's next? And, and so I think Ty had a, a much tougher time convincing his friends that this is something that's going to be worthwhile, that it's not just going to be a stupid waste of time, that it's going to be impactful. And so it was hit or miss, I think, with friends, even with me. Like, I have kind of had a, a history of doing, you know, kind of adventurous, non-traditional type 
things, you know, with my time. And so I think people were like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a big one. But, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be great or whatever. And uh, as far as family goes, um, my parents are super supportive with everything I've ever done. So they were like, wow, like that sounds, that sounds crazy, you know, but they were, they, they thought it was an awesome idea and, and we're super on board from the get-go. I want to know, how much information did you have on the limo before purchasing it? Like, did you just say, okay, here's a, uh, the limo was in Maine, correct? So yes. how, uh, how much information did you have on the limo before purchasing it? <laughs> What's funny is how, yeah, just like this trip was born out of spontaneity and like we did not stray from it because I, I, I knew nothing about it. Like for some reason, Ty was just the, the first person to kind of take initiative to like start searching Craigslist for limousines. And, you know, he found one in Maine and so he just kind of kept talking to this guy and I just kind of never intervened and just kind of let Ty be our communicator to, to Tim and Greg up in Maine. And so I, I knew not a single thing and we would ask for pictures. Uh, I would, I would ask for Ty, like, Hey, does he send us pictures yet? And Ty's like, he said he was going to try next week. We'll see. You know, so like even like a few weeks before the trip, I think we didn't know much about it and. Uh, once we bought it, we were surprised with the good news that the brakes just went out and that it doesn't have air conditioning. It, it made it for a fun day one of the trip when, you know, we didn't know those things going into it. And so you mentioned beforehand that you um, had experience with video. Did you guys have any experience with vlogging beforehand before, like, you wanted to document this trip? Did you guys have any vlogging experience? Uh, yeah, so I was the, I guess you could say, like, the videographer coming into this, you know, project or whatever. This past year, I've been doing YouTube full-time uh, down in Dallas, Texas. I was uh, a part of a YouTube channel called Jake and Josh. And, um, yeah, I guess you could consider it kind of a vlog. We, we mainly focused on, like, athletic and, like, sport-based content. We would do trick shots. We did. We had a series called World Record Wednesdays where we broke a world record uh, once a week and grew that channel to 170,000 subscribers until I ultimately let that go in pursuit of my Ellen DeGeneres sized dreams. <laughs> what was it like seeing the reaction of people watching and wanting to be a part of your journey? It was so awesome. Like I said, you know, when you tell your friends about it, it was kind of like hit or miss and rightfully so it could be hard to like fully communicate an idea that, you know, is so big and is so like fun just with your words. And it's like, cause I would always have a hard time saying, and we're going to do this and like, and it'll be funny, you know, um, trust me, <laughs> you know, like these friends I'm with are funny, you know, like that's a hard thing to communicate sometimes. But once people got to see it, I mean, even after, I mean, I feel like our second episode, it was crazy just the amount of feedback and support and just like all the like just inbound messages we were getting. I mean, it was very hard to, to keep up with. I mean, you know, it's not a bad problem to have, but I think a lot of people saw the vision and saw what we were doing. And so everybody that I've ever met, it felt like was reaching out, wanting me to like stay with them whenever I come through town or whatever. So like I said, not the worst thing to complain about, but it was like, I need like an Excel spreadsheet and like an administrative assistant to handle all this. Like, okay, when we go through, you know, Des Moines, Iowa, we've got a lake house to stay in. Okay. Austin, Texas, they want to throw this party for us here. Okay. It's just South of Denver, Colorado Springs. They want to do this. It was awesome seeing how many people wanted to get involved and, and not in like a, I think, you know, riding the coattails kind of way, but I think just like, hey, this is really cool. And like when it's convenient, like I'd love to help out, love to be a part of it, loved, would love to house you. And so it was really cool to see how immediate everyone's support came. 
So you visited a lot of well-known sites in the U.S., like Disney World, which was my favorite episode. Times oh, Square, yeah. yeah, Times Square, where you threw the limo party, which was awesome, Club Limo. Oh and yes. Then, <laughs> and you went to the Capitol. So, what were your, some of your favorite places to see? I mean, so so many awesome places are in this country. It was so cool that we got to like see so many of them. It, it was crazy for us just to be like, wow, like we were experiencing so many different people's vacations all on one big trip. You know, we, we did New York city for like three days. We did Washington DC for like a weekend. Then we got to uh, go to Disney world for like a day and a half. And then, you know, we went to like 10 national parks on this trip. And so we tried to count our blessings and just realize how cool it was, what we were getting to see. But I think some of our favorite spots were those national parks, especially because the, the first half of the trip just felt so crazy and so rushed. And I mean, it was really fun, but it was just, you know, every city we were stopping in, something crazy was going on, it felt like. But once we got out west and just got to enjoy kind of more of the nature side of America, those were our favorite spots. So Zion National Park, I think we would all say was one of our favorites. We had no idea what Zion even was beforehand, but it was amazing. And got to see Yellowstone. I'd never been to Oregon before. It's like, Oregon's crazy. They've got like, I don't know, they got jungles there. They got like hundreds of waterfalls. I, I will definitely be going back to Oregon soon. I thought that place was very, very cool. I have a lot of friends who love the Pacific Northwest, so Oregon must have been beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We really loved it, and we stayed in Portland for a long time. Um, it was a cool city. You guys did something with the GoFundMe account that was set up to where you used the funds to help amazing people that you met along the way. Talk to me a little bit about that, and how did you feel listening to the stories and seeing the reactions when you told them that you wanted to help them out? Yeah, the GoFundMe ended up being such a cool aspect to our trip, I think. And that was an idea Ty had months and months before the trip even started was, um, I think we were brainstorming, like, what's a cool, like, unique way to get our audience, like, involved in what we're doing as well. And so, yeah, Ty had the idea to, like, create this GoFundMe where 100% of the funds are given by our viewers and then are donated by us. You know, we don't keep, you know, or pocket any of it. Initially, I think we saw this as, like, Oh, like we'll get 20 bucks here or there. We'll, we'll pay for a single mom's diapers who's kind of struggling. We'll pay for a guy's bus ticket home who's having a rough day. And we were very surprised. I would say, I would dare to say maybe the most surprising aspect of the trip was how generous people were with their money and how trusting they were in three random guys from the internet to give away their money. And so we were started to receive thousands and thousands of dollars. And with that became this awesome opportunity and almost this burden of like, wow, okay, we need to use this. You know, we've said we were going to help people out. We need to be mindful and just aware of opportunities in our, in our life to do that. So on top of the traveling and the craziness and the vlogging and everything, we definitely looked at each day with kind of an open mind and an open spirit just to be, you know, eager to help people. And so whenever we would meet someone, who had legitimate needs in their life and seemed like they were, you know, really giving it their best and whatever scenario it ended up being, it was cool to know that we could give them much more than just thoughts and prayers, you know, and we could give them tangible help in whatever way they needed. Truly living out the message that Ellen says at the end of every show, be kind to one another. I thought that was really cool of you guys to do that. That's awesome. I didn't even know that Ellen ended her show that way. So that's really cool. I'm learning <laughs> that for the first time just now. Um, I have to say, you guys remained optimistic through some pretty harsh obstacles. What kept you guys so positive throughout the walls that you would hit? Yeah, I think, um, you know, on one end, I know personally, I, it's, it's hard for me not to be optimistic like that's just kind of how I'm, I'm wired. Like even when bad news happens to me, I'm just like, 
no, that's okay because, you know, it's just very natural to find like a silver lining, which is not always a good thing. I, it's like, it's okay to be sad, Jake, but my mind doesn't always let me. But I think all in all, we just looked at everything with like a big picture of just like, okay, something, you know, the limo has broken down again, or this has happened, you know, whatever. Okay, this sucks for today. But if you even take even just a half second to get some perspective on where we're at in life and what we're doing, we have nothing to complain about. Not even, you know, an ounce of somberness or just like, yeah, just like even irritability, like is not warranted uh, with what we were able to do this summer. So I think just having that perspective and knowing that like, okay, temporarily, yeah, this bums me out. But what we're getting to do and, and the joy we're feeling and getting to like spread with others through like our video is so fun and so cool and so unique. So I think it was just, yeah, having that kind of bigger perspective on, on any minor situation helps big time. You guys made it to LA and uh, what was, what caught my eyes? You basically set up like a little protest in the Warner Brothers <laughs> lot. So um, did somebody from the show contact you while you were doing that? Or like, how did, how did that go about? Like when you guys were just kind of setting up camp in the Warner Brothers lot? Yeah. So what we didn't share with our audience or really anyone was that Ellen's people reached out to us probably like six weeks into the trip. We were in Lubbock, Texas, and I got a Facebook message from Ellen's people and so right then and there, we were like, holy crap, you know, we were not expecting this for, you know, weeks and weeks. Um, and at that point, we had never emailed them. We never even tagged them in anything. It was just, we were just doing our thing, hoping to get their attention. And so right then, you know, it was like very exciting. And they set up a phone interview with us. They set up a Skype interview with us. And we really felt like things were going well. But then, you know, the four to five weeks from that point leading up to getting to Los Angeles, it was ice cold. We could not get an email back from them. We hadn't heard anything. Dang. We went from pretty optimistic back in back in Lubbock, you know, to back more much more realistic of like, okay, they know about us and they're you know they're not emailing us back, which is fine. Like they they don't want us on the show, which is okay. But we kind of just had this conversation where it was like, even though we feel like they already know about us, like there's nothing more we can do to kind of put ourselves on their radar. I feel like we owe it to ourselves and to this audience that we've built to give it one last hurrah, you know, one last like exclamation point on the trip. And so in kind of, I guess you could call it market research. I don't know. A bunch of people that we talked to in person would ask us like, what are you going to do once you get to LA? And we'd kind of tell them like, I think we're going to protest outside of Ellen's studio and that you've got to laugh out of people. And so we're like, I think this is like a good idea. Like it, it kind of just made sense to us. And as we talked to people, they seemed to like the idea. So yeah, we went for it. And it's so funny how like, you know, this entire social media campaign, you know, obviously lived on the internet and it was all done digitally. But then when it came down to it, it was just a good old fashioned protest that, that led to some exciting things. So, uh, and we were strategic about it. So we set up shop. There's like one street that leads to the parking garage where all of Ellen's employees park. And so we set up shop right outside of there at like 6 a.m. We made signs. We bought a tent from Walmart just to make it look like we'd been camping out and then, you know, returned the tent later that day. I, I would say if you were to ask someone else, they would say we looked homeless. That was not really a choice we made. That was just the consequence of living out of a car for 80 days. So I think we definitely gave off like the... Uh, the protesting vibes, which I mean, protest is not the right word for it. Like our signs literally said, like, we love Ellen. And, you know, like, <laughs> honk if you love Ellen, you know, different signs across our limo that said we drove from Maine. So and protest is definitely not the right word. But it's funny to say that. But all, all that to say, this is a long answer to your question. Um, yes, it, it worked. People from Ellen's team were randomly coming out throughout the day, you know, just like, on their lunch break, or whenever they had a break from work, they'd come out and 
figure out what was going on and who we are. And between that and, you know, we were, we kind of did a full on launch and had this big tweet that went out and she got tagged in, had this Instagram that, you know, I think tagged Ellen over 2000 times. And so kind of the goal was just like, Hey, I want multiple people in her office to be talking about us today. Like I want to legitimately generate a buzz. I want the person in charge of the Instagram, Instagram to like mention us. And then basically the strategy was like, if we can get the person who runs the Twitter account to, to talk about us and then someone else perks up and it's just like, Oh, well, those are the guys that I think are outside, you know, the parking lot right now. And then whoever runs the Instagram account is like, well, I keep getting tagged in this all day. And then Sarah from production who emailed us back in Lubbock, she hears about it too. And, you know, we just wanted to generate this buzz, you know, and just dedicate a ton of momentum to being talked about in the Ellen DeGeneres office that day. And it worked. I think people were really excited about what we were doing and were really eager to come out and meet us as well. From what I saw, you guys got to be a part of the audience in the Riff Ruff Room. Like, how was, like, what was the reaction to getting that call? And, like, what was it like to being, finally being part of the show? Yeah, it was such a crazy afternoon. So basically, they came out, some other people that we had already talked to that day came out from the show. And they were like, hey, guys, we're going to be able to, uh, we've got something, like, kind of exciting for you. And so we didn't know what that meant at first. But they were just like, uh, we have this kind of overflow room. It's kind of like being a part of the audience, you know. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. They're like, you have to come right now. Like, so we, like we tape soon. We just kind of leave everything as it is. We, we start walking in and she's like, now, it's not actually a part of the audience because we have like, a, it's fully booked today, but we have this overflow room where you can kind of watch it on TV, but you'll be right next to this live studio audience and it's still a really cool experience. And, you know, we're just like, oh, cool, whatever. You know, like that's still fun. You just get to be a part of something Ellen related. We'll take it. And so, yeah, this, this overflow room, I mean, it's, it's a very large room. There's about a hundred people in it and we sit down in there just to, you know, we sit down by a TV to start watching the show. And I mean, maybe 15 seconds after sitting down, this guy comes up to us and is like, Hey, you three, can I actually, um, can I just sit over there and has to sit in a different part of the room? We're like, okay, that's, that's super strange. Like, what does that mean? Like no one has told us anything. Like that, that has to mean something, right? You know, we're just like asking each other all these questions. We don't know what to think. And also we like, we just stood out so much. If you can imagine like 97, you know, middle-aged mothers and then us three guys in there all with matching Ellen DeGeneres (laughs) t-shirts and unshaven faces. And, you know, just like, we stood out so much. People are already wondering like, okay, who, who let these guys in? What is going on? And then so they have us sit in this other spot. And not that it was special. It was just like a different part of the room, which is weird. And then a few minutes later, the, the show starts taping. You know, Ellen comes out. We're dancing. We're having a good time. And then right after that, uh, probably like a four or five person camera crew just walk up and just basically post up, you know, four feet in front of us. Camera guy, lights, boom mic, everything. And we're just like, what in the world is going on? Like, we're starting to get excited, but we don't know why. <laughs> no one has told us anything. <laughs> And we can just feel everyone in this room is looking at us, but we don't know what to tell them or what is going on. So we're just sitting there anxiously, like awaiting something to happen. But we didn't know. We're like, are we on camera now? Like, are they recording us now? And they're going to use this later? Just no one is telling us anything. And eventually, so Ellen's still doing her opening monologue. And suddenly she's just like, uh, speaking of some current events, there's three guys here in the riffraff room that drove all the way from Maine in a limo that they bought and doing acts of service throughout the country. And I want to support that. I wanted to give a shout out. And anyway, it talks about us on the show for like 60 seconds. And it was crazy. I mean, just like, I don't know if you've seen the clip, but just like 
the raw emotion we showed after just like <laughs> getting on the Ellen show without knowing that we were about to be on the Ellen show was crazy. I mean, we just screamed and freaked out and quite frankly, didn't know what to do other than just be really excited. And so, yeah, she talked about her trip. She linked our GoFundMe to her website, which was just so cool. And it was just, I mean, to hear Ellen DeGeneres talking about, you know, something you did, this idea that you had, and not just this idea you had, but this idea that you like executed, that you made sacrifices and that you took chances and took risks to like execute and created. I mean, it was a silly dream, you know, to buy a limousine and drive across the country on the Ellen show. But I think there's a lot of, a lot of value and a lot of takeaway, not only for us, but I think for people watching the videos and like how much fun you can have and what you can accomplish if you actually try, you know, if you, if you just stop talking about something you want to do and you do what needs to be done to make it happen. And so that was just a crazy day. Just like, you know, eventually leaving Ellen's studio. And I just like, I just like walked around, I forget what Beverly Hills, I think, or Burbank is where, uh, whatever city, (laughs) it doesn't matter. Walked around Los Angeles for just like an hour after that by myself, just processing that, just like that feeling and like what this trip had meant to me and, and what it all, I don't know, just how I felt about it. It just, um, it's a feeling that like, I feel like everyone deserves to feel and not in like a, everyone deserves to get on the Ellen show or, cause I don't think that's realistic, but like just that feeling of, you know, making sacrifices to pursue a dream that you believe in, no matter how like legitimate or silly or whatever it might be like and then to have that validated to like achieve it um it was just like i don't know it was just one of a kind it was crazy and i mean to be quite honest like i feel i feel invincible right now like i i really feel like i could do anything i want in life i'm just like what's next like we got on the ellen show you know because we wanted to it's just like what does that mean for the next step in life i'm still trying to figure that out but um (laughs) Yeah, it was just a, it was a really cool moment for all of us. And, and even if we didn't get on the show, like we even we talked before the trip even started and we're like, hey, this trip is about us having the time of our lives and getting to see parts of this country we've never seen before and getting to have one of a kind memories with each other. The trip is not defined as a success or a failure, whether or not we get on the show. I think going into it with that mindset of, you know, prioritizing relationships and memories first and you know the social media success of this project down the line much more i think led to a really just like joyful 80 days for us and and we were having so much fun anyway but i can't lie that it felt amazing to 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 be validated in that way to be surprised by getting on the ellen show on our very last day there such an inspiring message so i i have to ask Whose idea was it to get matching tattoos whenever you guys got like the kid from Ella? <laughs> Whose idea was that? Well, it wasn't mine. We had talked, I know we had like, we had talked about it before, maybe even before the trip. I don't know when we had talked about it. But, like, I know it was something that had gotten brought up a couple times. But yeah, I mean, once we got on the show and once Ellen had given us money for dinner, it was just like this obvious thing where like we didn't really even talk about it. It was just like we looked on Groupon we found a deal for a tattoo and it was like, yeah, this is the next logical step. This is what needs to be done. Which I think at that point in the trip, like we hadn't gotten used to really weighing tough decisions. It was just like, all right, we're in some random city today. Here's what we're doing. You know, there wasn't a lot of planning or prep or like really, we didn't want to like seriously think about all of our decisions. It was just run and gun onto the next thing, whatever. So yeah, just like a permanent tattoo, which is another one of those things. It's just like, 
yeah, this this is the only thing that makes sense is that we should get matching limousine tattoos on our thigh. So <laughs> made it happen. If you had to give your audience like a major takeaway from this and like give them advice maybe to either travel or pursue their dreams, what would you tell your audience? Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I kind of already said one of my main takeaways is just like this feeling of of doing what you truly want to do in life. And, and it's a cliche, but I think it's cliche for a reason. You know, the whole just like life is too short not to be doing what you want to do. But, you know, but I think there's definitely truth in that. And I'll, I don't know, you know, whoever's listening out there, some of you are like, well, I'm not, I'm not young and single like you are. So it's a lot easier for you to just go out and travel. And that's definitely true. It, it, it gets a lot easier uh, if you don't have a lot of major responsibilities. But I think no matter what you want in life or when you find yourself daydreaming about like what, what you wish you were doing, I think we owe it to ourselves to, to pursue that and to, and to make it happen. I mean, that's what I did. My life was awesome before this. Like it really was like I was, I was doing YouTube full time. I had a fantastic last year of, you know, I've been on TV shows before. I, I was on the Today show last year. I was on MTV. I was on Russia's Got Talent. And so I've done that before, but the Ellen show was different. And I think it was different, not because of anything Ellen is. Sorry, Ellen, if you're listening, you know, it wasn't anything special about her show. It was special because of what it meant to me and what I sacrificed to like pursue it and what I, and how much I believed in this mission of going around the country, kind of providing charity and hilarity was kind of our brand. And so getting to do that made it so special. And so, yeah, I just think kind of what I said before, everyone deserves to feel that feeling of, of having a, a dream or a passion or even just like a, the, a short period of your life like validated by doing what you want to do. That's wonderful. And you hit on one of my questions earlier, but I kind of wanted to ask you, so like what's next for Ellen Wee Badalamo? Like, do you guys have another trip in mind? Do you guys want to do this, like a, a trip annually? Like what's next for Ellen Wee Badalamo? <laughs> yeah, so this will be, I guess the first time it's, Actually, no, I was about to say announced, and there's going to sound like I have something really exciting to announce. I don't have anything. Okay, table your expectations, listeners. Um, no, so right now we're all, I mean, we're in three different cities right now, uh, which is kind of funny. Like, we quite literally split up, uh, and we're all kind of doing our own thing throughout the year. Uh, but we still have the limo. Uh, it's currently parked in Norman, Oklahoma. We still own it. Still, It's still part of who we are, I guess. And we still want to make videos out of it. Uh, we want to try to meet up uh, as often as we can, maybe once every two months or so to um, have like a, a mini road trip planned, you know, hey, we're all going to start here and we're going to go to, you know, Chicago and back, you know, this weekend or whatever and, and do a, a trip out of it. So, and then we have so much just like behind the scenes, bonus footage and stuff like that. So we'll still be posting from our, our Facebook page throughout the year and try to kind of keep that audience alive and up to date uh, with kind of what we got going on. But <clears throat> we had so much fun on this trip that it was obvious to us that like we would love to do some sort of season two of this. Like, I don't know what exactly it would be. I don't think it can necessarily be this exact same thing. You know, I, I don't think we could strive to be on the Ellen show again. Uh, we'd have to find a new kind of goal and new brand for it in a way, but yeah. So I, I'm actually in the process of editing to editing together, like a sizzle reel of kind of what we've done and what we did do over the course of that 80 days on the road. And I'm going to be sending that out to a lot of major media companies and production teams and just seeing what people think about it. And if people are interested in sponsoring and helping produce a season two and just looking into what that could look like. So 
nothing crazy or nothing official would probably happen until next summer. Um, but for now, we're just kind of each back in our own, you know, respective spots and um, just adjusting to actual uh, society and, uh, you know, changing your clothes. But uh, hopefully some exciting things maybe next summer. And we look forward to following up with you guys. So how do people find you on social media or how do people find LMB We Bought a Limo? <laughs> um, so, yeah, on Facebook and Instagram, you can just look up Ellen We Bought a Limo. All is one word. That's where all of our all of our full episodes are posted on our Facebook watch show. And then. Uh, we're still keeping our Instagram up to date. I mean, there's just so much that like can be, you know, repurposed and, and uploaded on Instagram. So like I just uploaded a video last night to our Instagram of something random that happened at the, the Sioux Falls, South Dakota County Fair. So we're, we're keeping that alive and, and up to date. And then personally, my name is Jake Triplett. So I guess you could find me on Instagram if you wanted to. Triplett Jake, if that's what you're into. And uh Yeah. I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be a part of this episode and to share your story with us. Oh, absolutely. It was an honor to be a part of this. This is so cool. I, I think this, as far as I know, like this is the first time Ellen We Bought a Limo has been represented in the podcast space. So this is, uh, this is a big move for us. Well, uh, it is my honor to represent you guys on the podcast space and have your story shared throughout this medium. I truly appreciate you guys being a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> We, we really appreciate it. I guess I, I speak for Ty and Kyle. I'm sure they would appreciate it, too. I, I don't know if they appreciate it. No, I'm sure they would. Uh, yeah, so seriously, thanks so much. I'm excited to um, uh, share with the guys kind of what we talked about and have them listen to it as well. I'm sure they'll be pumped about it. I'm excited to, to bring this to the podcasting world and to share your story. Awesome. Yeah, well, I'm so excited. I mean, even if, you know, one person listens to this for some reason, which I'm sure they won't. I'm sure millions will, but uh, it's still just exciting for us to get to continue sharing kind of what we're passionate about, which was this mission to, to provide a lot of positivity and, and happiness across the country. So we're super honored. My guest this episode was Jake Triplett. He, along with Ty and Kyle, produced a project called Ellen We Bought a Limo, where they trekked across the country in hopes of getting on The Ellen Show. I hope my listeners were inspired to see if they have a dream, they can pursue it. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you join me next time to nerd out on more pop culture. For Pop Nerd Lounge, I'm Steph Pham.